faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. We'll build a state where families can afford to raise their children. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul claiming victory while her Republican opponent, Congressman Lee Zeldin, refuses to concede. U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer wins a historic fifth term. Control of Congress hangs in the balance. Right now, Republicans are leading in the House. The Senate's neck and neck. Tropical Storm Nicole expected to impact Florida as a Category 1 hurricane. One winning top-tier ticket sold in California for the record $2 billion Powerball jackpot. Democrat Kathy Oakle has declared victory in the New York governor's race, unofficially winning her first elected term as governor after taking over for disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo. We'll build a state where families can afford to raise their children. We'll create good-paying jobs from Long Island to the city, the Hudson Valley, the North Country, all the way to Buffalo and the Southern Tier. We'll do all that. Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin not conceding the governor's race. For the 1.4 million Election Day voters who have not yet had their vote cast and counted, uh, we hope that uh, as these results come in, that uh, we'll be able to prevail. The split Hochul, 53% to Zeldin's 47%, with 92% of districts reporting unofficially. Of course, in Georgia, Brian Kemp won re-election over Stacey Abrams. In another governor's race down in Florida, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis victorious, along with U.S. Senator Marco Rubio. In Arizona, Democrat Katie Hobbs leads Carrie Lake by five percentage points. U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader of New York, has won a historic fifth term. He did so Tuesday over GOP challenger Joe Pinion. I promise to all of you here tonight and all 20 million New Yorkers whom it's my honor to represent, I will keep fighting, I will keep this fight up for as long as it takes to win. Onward to victory, Democrats. Other prominent Democrats, Representative AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of Queens and Representative Gerald Nadler cruising to re-election. Republican Nicole Maliotakis, of course, represents Staten Island and parts of Brooklyn, defeated Max Rose. In the New York City Attorney General's race, Democrat Letitia James is the apparent winner over Republican Michael Henry. And in the Comptroller's race, incumbent Democrat Tom DiNapoli over Paul Rodriguez. New York's four ballot questions passed. Pennsylvania flips from red to blue upon Senator Pat Toomey's retirement. A Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is the projected winner over Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. Here's Fetterman. I want to thank all of you amazing supporters, all of you, and all watching and every We bet on the people of Pennsylvania, and you didn't let us down. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis won yet another term, defeating former Governor Charlie Crist. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. 
51 votes needed to control the U.S. Senate. Right now, the split is 48 to 48. We're waiting on four states, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Republican candidate and author J.D. Vance defeating Democratic U.S. House Representative Tim Ryan in the Ohio U.S. Senate race. The winner will replace retiring Republican Senator Rob Portman and keep Ohio in the GOP's column. 218 votes needed to control the U.S. House of Representatives. Right now, the split, according to Fox News, 199 Republicans have taken seats to 172 Democrats. Tropical Storm Nicole reached 70 miles per hour late Tuesday, just shy of the 74 miles per hour to become a Cat 1 hurricane. National Hurricane Center meteorologist Mike Brennan says Nicole has a large wind field, so folks will feel tropical storm force winds all across South Florida ahead of the storm's arrival. So today is really the day to take action along the Florida East Coast. Conditions are going to start to deteriorate overnight tonight and into Wednesday as those tropical storm force winds move inland. A range of warnings and watches remain in place. We are expecting rainfall from this system into this weekend. There is one winning top-tier ticket for the $2 billion Powerball jackpot. That lucky ticket was sold at Joe's Service Center in Altadena, California, according to lottery officials that confirmed that yesterday. New Yorkers told ABC7 how they felt about the nail-biting experience. I loved it because it just dragged it out. You know, listen, before they pick the numbers, you're a billionaire. Or at least a potential billionaire. You, you know, you still have the dream, right? Due to a technical issue, that historic Powerball drawing was delayed Monday night and actually occurred at 8.57 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday at the Florida Lottery Draw Studio in Tallahassee. Well, Fox News anchor John Roberts questioned Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake's appointed attack on the press on Election Day. Lake tearing into the media during a press gaggle Tuesday after a journalist asked her, if she'd serve a full term if elected amid speculation of loftier political goals in 2024. I am going to not only be the governor of Arizona for four years, I'm going to do two terms. I'm going to be your worst freaking nightmare for eight years. And we will reform the media as well. We're going to make you guys into journalists again. So get ready. It's going to be a fun eight years. I can't wait. Roberts, a White House reporter at Fox during former President Trump's time in office, took issue with Lake's criticism of the media. I'm not quite sure what she was getting at there because the the the, the ripe history of a free press, the rich history of a free press in this country mm-hmm. is uh, something we have embraced for many, many hundreds of years. So I'm not quite sure how a politician goes about reforming the media. Like Trump, Lake has made media criticism a key piece of her political identity. Arizona, one of the four states, is still hanging in the balance for control of the U.S. Senate. A late-night talk show host, Jimmy Kimmel, ripped Dr. Mehmet Oz and his wife, saying they were once disgusted by former President Trump after witnessing him purposely push an older woman in the pool. The Jimmy Kimmel Live host a frequent Trump critic knocked Pennsylvania Senate hopeful Dr. Oz while delivering the monologue on his show Monday. At an event over the weekend for Oz and gubernatorial candidate State Senator Doug Mastriano, Trump slammed the ABC host, saying that Kimmel's ABC show is dead. Kimmel recited a story Oz told him and another group of people. They were at Mar-a-Lago and this older woman, it was a party, is all dressed up. She had an accent, a very glamorous older woman, walks up to Trump. And he's telling somebody else how good she looks or something. And she says, Donald, how do I look? And he says, you would look better wet. And he shoves her in the pool. He pushes this 
fully dressed older lady into the pool and she's humiliated. Now, according to Kimmel, Lisa Oz helped the woman get out of the pool and assisted her with drying off. Well, a Texas judge has sealed the autopsy reports of those killed during the Uvalde school shooting in Texas. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has the story. State Senator Roland Gutierrez says that's a huge mistake. The most important thing about these autopsies is to see which children were alive and how long they were alive. He says it took the cops more than one hour to enter the room. The autopsies would prove if quicker action could have saved the lives of those injured in the attack. The judge who sealed the information has sent it to the Uvalde district attorney to be used in part of her investigation. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. President Biden will press human rights issues in a bilateral meeting with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi tomorrow. Senior administration officials told reporters on a call Tuesday that the U.S. has raised repeated concerns about jailed activists Allah Abdel el-Fattah. Biden will meet with al-Sisi on the sidelines of the COP27 UN climate conference in Egypt. At COP27, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was asked about Abdel el Fatah, but hurried away, ignoring reporters. Is a British citizen on hunger strike in prison? Are you demanding his release? A prominent figure in the 2011 uprising in Egypt, Abdullah Fatah, has mostly been in prison since the mid 2010s for dissent. He was sentenced to five more years in prison last December. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Tuesday at COP27 condemning Russia's invasion of his country for exacerbating the catastrophic effects of climate change. Slamming Russia for its attempts to destroy the independence of Ukraine, Zelensky described a situation in which dozens of countries have now had to resume coal-fired power generation to reduce energy prices following Moscow's invasion. There are still many for whom climate change is just Rhetoric or marketing or political ritual, whatever, but not real action. They are the ones who hamper the implementation of climate goals. They are the ones who start wars of aggression when the planet cannot afford a single gunshot. He also blamed the Russian war for triggering an acute food crisis that has stricken those countries that were already enduring the existing manifestations of climate change, catastrophic drought, large-scale floods. Russian shelling, the president added, ravaged 5 million acres of forest in Ukraine in less than six months. Zelensky likewise accused Russia of turning the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant into a de facto, into a military training ground. Well, what you're hearing there, natural sound of protests in Morocco. Spain's interior minister is coming under increased pressure to be more transparent about how Spanish security forces responded to a June storming of its border with Morocco. It led to the deaths of at least 23 migrants in the North African enclave of Melilla. Spanish members of parliament all across the political spectrum are pushing for the opening of a parliamentary investigation, with some calling for Interior Minister Fernando Grand Marilasca's resignation. The actions of Spanish authorities in Malela on June 24th have been brought back to the spotlight following a report by BBC Africa Eye, an investigative program of the British public broadcaster. 77 WABC News Time, 515. 
Let's head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your latest sports update. Very light day yesterday in the way of local sports action. Just the NHL had games on the docket. All three local teams did play, so let's start with the Rangers and Islanders going head-to-head at the Garden. Contest really was a tale of three different periods here in the first. Two teams traded a tally each, but then the Blue Shirts took over with two goals in the second, seemingly carving a clear path to victory. And that was just before the Isles came out firing in the third to the tune of three consecutive goals, including this eventual game winner from Anders Lee. taken down by Wallstrom. All the referees looked around. They didn't call it, and the Islanders score. Anders Lee gives the Islanders a 4-3 lead. That call courtesy of MSG Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri also netted goals for the Isles. Then Zach Parise tallied two assists and routed to the 4-3 road win for the Islanders. Rangers will try and bounce back from the loss tomorrow night in Detroit against the Red Wings, while the Islanders will try and stay hot tomorrow night at home against the Arizona Coyotes. As for the Devils, they managed to stay two points ahead of the aforementioned Islanders for first place in the Metropolitan Division as they squeak out a victory with the Calgary Flames in town. Tied at two halfway through the third, Nico Heischer took matters into his own hands as only a good captain does and put the devs up for good to secure their seventh straight victory. Dorov up in the corner, cracking bodies. He is slow to get up as the devils come the other way. Nico Heischer rips. He scores! With the key to Dorov caught in deep. Heischer and the devils trailer and take the lead. That call courtesy of MSGSN. Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves also lit the land for New Jersey who matched their longest winning streak since February 2011. Here was Devils head coach Lindy Ruff following the game on his team, stringing together seven straight. In any segment where you put a lot of games together, you have to find different ways to win a game. And I think we've been able to find different ways to win a game. Uh, There's been a couple games where we've played well for two out of three periods. It wasn't a comfortable first period for a lot of guys. At the start of the second, we we got back to our game and and utilized some of our speed and came out with uh, some really good jump. They'll try and push that streak to eight tomorrow night at home against the Ottawa Senators. And looking ahead to tonight on the hardwood, set your DVRs as the Knicks and Nets go head-to-head for the first time this season. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Stocks riding a three-day win streak as Wall Street weighs election results and key economic news. The Dow Jones Industrials led the major indexes, closing more than 300 points higher yesterday. Shares of Disney lower in extended trading. Disney missed third quarter revenue targets despite adding more than 12 million streaming subscribers. Operating costs outpaced Disney parks and studio profits. Wall Street getting more retail data with September's trade sales and inventory today. As prices and interest rates rise, consumers are spending less. That's leaving retailers with excess inventory. Rivian reports third quarter results today on October recall forecast to affect revenue. Still, Rivian can bounce back with its production guidance. Investors will be looking for any adjustment to the EV maker's 25,000 vehicle target. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 70 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
Checking futures, the Dow down 174 points, 0.52 percent at 33,001. The S&P is down 19 and a half, and the Nasdaq down 57 points. Gold down seven dollars twenty cents an ounce at one thousand seven hundred eight dollars eighty cents. Crude oil at eighty eight dollars thirty five cents a barrel. That's down fifty six cents. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News News Time 520. Well, polling stations were not packed like back in 2020, of course, a presidential election year when they typically see more voters. But the voters who did come out had a lot on their minds. Here is 77 WABC's Noam Layden. New Yorkers say they had a lot of things motivating them to vote. But there's been change in the city. It's not a safe place anymore. They've not been doing a good job. We're all excited, though. We want to see if there's going to be any change in New York. Some voters in Manhattan say the overturning of Roe v. Wade was the reason they felt it was important to be heard this year. don't like the direction that everything is is going. It's, it's a weird time where generations can have less rights than the previous generation. Voters, for the most part, say they had no problem getting in and out of polling stations. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. A 79-year-old woman was killed in a hit-and-run in Brooklyn. This happened Saturday. This woman's name, Verna McKnight, 79 years old, was a business owner, a mother, and a grandmother. Police say that McKnight was getting out of her parked vehicle just after 7.15 p.m. on Church Avenue in East Flatbush when she was struck by a white van. Now, according to investigators, the driver of the van pulled over but then took off again. Here's witness Delroy Greenland. He spoke to ABC7. Imagine that poor person leave her house and said to her husband or her kids, I'll be back. And all they got was a phone call. I mean, that's devastating. This woman, McKnight, taken to Brookdale University Hospital where she was pronounced dead. And her family says McKnight was on her way to get groceries after working at her salon. The NYPD's Highway Collision Investigation Squad is looking into that collision. So far, no charges announced. A 77-year-old driver hospitalized after crashing into a police cruiser in Toms River, New Jersey. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has a story. Just before 2.30 p.m. yesterday, a police cruiser hit the vehicle that pulled out in front of him from a Wawa location on Dover Road. The 77-year-old driver was taken to the hospital after the crash. Authorities are saying the police officer had the right of way, no summonses have been issued, and the driver of the car denied medical attention. I'm Alex Barnard for the 77 WABC Early News. A newly released video shows a suspected drunk driver slamming into a parked car early on Sunday in New Jersey with such force it moved several feet. A 30-year-old woman was driving at a high rate of speed on Grove Avenue in Verona about 1 a.m. in the morning when she crashed her vehicle into a parked pickup truck, according to police. Chris Rydell's pickup truck moved several feet due to that impact. He spoke to ABC7. It was weird when I went downstairs because I opened up the door. I didn't even see my truck because she hit it so hard I went into my neighbor's yard. Verona police arrested this alleged drunk driver around the corner who had left the scene but was uninjured. The woman was charged with driving while intoxicated. Police are trying to track down more than two dozen cars stolen in one single night from a dealership in Queens. All in all, 26 vehicles went missing between 5 p.m. on Sunday and 9 a.m. Monday morning from this business on Queens Boulevard in Maspeth, according to the NYPD. 
The suspects behind the mass car theft broke into the dealership's office, then took keys to these 26 cars before forcing open the gate and driving the cars right out of the lot, according to police. Now, following a year of record high vehicle thefts around the state, New Jersey's Governor Phil Murphy held a press conference to lay out a plan to crack down on car thefts. We're also putting $10 million in federal funds to work in communities investing in automated license plate recognition technologies that allow local police to better track and trace both stolen vehicles and the vehicles being used to shuttle car thieves into targeted neighborhoods. In Bergen County alone in New Jersey, thefts are up, according to police, more than 50 percent compared to 2021. Those figures from the state attorney general's office in New Jersey. Hip-hop superstar and businessman Sean Diddy Combs is investing in the marijuana business. A deal that is estimated at $185 million is currently in the works in which Combs would buy cannabis production facilities as well as retail shops from Cresco Labs and Columbia Care in several states, including New York. New York City Cannabis Industry Association President David Holland told Fox 5 why buying Cresco Labs could be huge for Combs. And they are vertically integrated in New York, meaning that they um, they own the cultivation, the processing, the delivery, and the sale of their own merchandise. Those are only 10 such licenses that have been given in New York State, and now he's the owner of at least one of those. The deal would allow Combs to have up to eight retail locations, which is otherwise not permissible under New York law, according to Holland. From a branding perspective, Diddy can leverage his fame, according to marketing consultant John Bond. Frat parties were suspended at Cornell University after at least four students reported being drugged and one described being sexually assaulted at a fraternity-affiliated off-campus house, officials said on Monday. The school's interfraternity council voluntarily made the decision Sunday following an emergency meeting. University President Martha Pollock and Ryan Lombardi, the vice president for student and campus life, said in a joint statement that they issued. The announcement came some three days after the school's police department said in a statement that it had been notified of four incidents from September 24th to November 3rd, when students reported drinking little to no alcohol during parties, but became incapacitated. An apparent victim described being roofied or given rofenol. The police department said the sedative, which can be dissolved in liquid, is illegal in the United States. Well, Saks Fifth Avenue this year teaming up with Elton John's AIDS Foundation and the Foundation's Rocket Fund for this year's Holiday Windows. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has more. The iconic department store is unveiling the windows in New York City on November 22nd. It also includes the debut of this year's light show, which will incorporate John's music. Sachs will donate $1 million to the Rocket Fund, which supports the most vulnerable living with or at risk of HIV and AIDS around the world. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. 77 WABC News Time, 529. If you missed our top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.